We've all been hurt. We all carry scars. We can all overcome these things and be healed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Let's build that relationship together right here. Welcome to Healing Scars with Pastor Burton. Hey everybody and welcome back to the sanctuary. So good to have you here. And for those of you joining us for the first time, of course, welcome. Now, you know, in life, we're all going to get knocked down. Uh, In the end, it is the Christian who is going to be able to get back up as well as be with the Father. The non-believer, on the other hand, well, they're going to find themselves cast down to hell, where not only will they not only be able to get back up, but they're going to be separated from the Father for all time. It is the Christian, the followers of Christ, the true believers, who will not only be able to raise their hands, but raise the hands in the Lord's glory, because it is His glory, and our hands are raised in praise of Him. At that time, believers will be down. However, it won't be uh, involuntarily. It will be quite the opposite, because it will be in gratitude and love as we kneel in praise of the Lord and all His glory. Now, for those of the for those of you out there who have your Bible with you, and those of you who are reading a Bible in an app, go ahead and open that up. Those of you taking notes, uh, go ahead join me now. We're going into the Book of Proverbs. Uh, specifically, we're looking at Proverbs twenty four verse sixteen. All right, so Proverbs twenty four verse sixteen. The Bible says. For though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again. But the wicked stumble when calamity strikes. Now, as Christians, we need to work to persevere against evil and not to give in to the temptation of it. Because it is the evil who are ultimately going to go down. And they're not just going to go down, but they're going to go down hard. All right, they're not getting back up. For believers, though, getting back up is just part of the battle. The Bible has told us we're going to have struggles, we're going to have temptation. Life isn't always going to be easy. In fact, the Bible tells us that it's going to hurt. There's going to be pain, there's going to be fatigue, and there is going to be suffering. There are going to be times when we fail so bad or things go so sideways that much like the prophet Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 4, we're just going to want to lay down and die. However, as the Bible tells us, life isn't about getting knocked down. It's about getting back up. It is about rising up, turning to the Lord, and allowing Him to be the overcomer in our lives. After all, the victory is His. Now, looking throughout history... We see this as a rally cry. Even the Japanese 
know of this rally cry as a proverb. This old proverb is which translates to fall down seven times, stand up eight. And they're not the only ones. If you look throughout history, you're going to find something very similar, if not the same words, all throughout. Why? Well, it's about not giving up hope. See, people without hope, those are the ones who stay down. But those who do have hope, even in the face of overwhelming confrontation, get back up. Not only that, but they continue to strive for more. They continue to push forward. It means that your focus isn't just on that one thing that is in front of you right now. That one thing that's trying to hold you back, that's just trying to beat you into submission. Instead, your focus is on something greater that may just be starting to become a reality, or maybe it's not quite a reality yet. It is about resilience, getting back in the fight. You don't give up, and you keep moving forward one step, one hit at a time. All right? That's what it is to be a warrior. And we're all warriors in God's army. We can't afford to give in to a victim's mentality. That is the hit that will keep us down. Turning to Isaiah chapter 6 verse 5. Isaiah 6 verse 5. The Bible says, Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. The enemy fights dirty. And he's tried to rig the fight. He has. You know, some of you may have even heard the term, you know, there's no such thing as a clean fight, and that's why. It's... You know, it's it's enough to bring each of us to our knees. To our knees. Isaiah, upon seeing the Lord and hearing the angels, he realized that he was a sinful person. He was a sinful man and an unclean creature that didn't deserve to be loved. However, God's love for us outweighs that. God loves us, and he has told us he, that he's already won the war. We just, has to, we just have to persevere through the battles. The war is already won. For Isaiah, when we continue on into chapter 6, verses 6 and 7, God sent a seraphim to comfort him and let him know that his sins had been forgiven. Going back to Elijah, the father sent an angel to not only comfort him, but to care for him while he dealt with his frustration and his depression. To coach him, you know, hey, get back up, get back in the fight. Bring him that comfort. Say, hey, you got this. You, you, you're doing you're doing better than you think. Come on, you, you got this. Get back to your feet. You're good. You're good. And God's going to do the same for us. So while we may mentally, you know, mentally have that thought process that temporarily says woe is me we can't live there we have to get back into the fight all right that angel it was there 
You know, I, you know, I said, you know, it's saying, hey, get back in the fight. It wasn't literally saying, hey, get back in the fight. Instead, it was comforting him. All right. Why? Because that's what he needed. That's what a lot of us need from time to time because we get knocked down to our knees. But I'll remind you, it is when we are on our knees that we are the most powerful because that is when we should be praying, speaking to the Father, our ultimate coach in the fight, right? Unfortunately, the world is going to tell you differently. We started to talk about this before last week. Uh, you know, uh, that victim, those victims of, um, or those people that have that victim's mentality, I should say. You know, victim's mentality, it's a real thing. And, and the world's getting caught up in it. You know, let's look at Jonah. Jonah had this mentality. Jonah, you start off, you know, in chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, the Bible tells us that, matter of fact, the Bible says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah, he ran. He ran away. He ran from the Lord and he headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found his ship. Uh, bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard, sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. See, Jonah didn't like what the what the Lord told him to do, what the Father told him to do, so he ran. He screwed up and split. Instead of facing the music and doing the right thing, he endangered others in the process. Once he realized that this is what he did, he's like, you know what? Look, look what he did here. He decided it was time to die. Sound familiar? Look at Jonah 1, verse 12. The Bible tells us that he says, Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know that this is my fault and this great storm has come upon you. He'd rather sacrifice himself than face God. He just, the same as the prophet, he just wants to die at this point. Yes, he wants to make sure that these sailors don't die because of his actions, but does that make this a noble death? Well, no. He's far from it because in spite of what the Lord, or, or because of what he's doing, in spite of what the Lord has told him to do. So Jonah ultimately goes overboard. He goes in the drink. Spend some time in the belly of a fish. We see that in chapter 2 here. Jonah chapter 2. And, and you know we've talked about this before, but remember it says, the belly of a fish. Was this a whale? We don't know. So don't get caught up in that. You know, the Bible tells us, don't add, don't take away. You know, uh, could it have been? Sure. Maybe not. We don't know. Maybe this was a one-off. Maybe this was, uh, you know, a, a creature that God created for this one-off thing that disappeared as soon as uh, the, the, the task was done. Who knows? We don't know. And it doesn't matter at this point. It doesn't take anything away or add anything to it because that part is not the important part. By the time that the ordeal is done, God has shown Jonah mercy and grace, and he's vomited out of the fish back onto the shore. 
All right. Now going back in, of course, I'm running through here and kind of paraphrasing quickly for time's sake today. But Jonah chapter three, we go into verses one and two and the Bible says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. This time, it's a little different. He listened and he went. Reluctant, but he still went. And he did what he was told to do this time. He wasn't happy about it, but he did it. Sorry about that, guys. I have a little bit of a cough here. I'm trying to hit my mute button every time I cough so I don't blow out those ears. Hopefully this passes uh, by the end of the week. Uh, I know this is kind of hitting hard last week, too. All right, back into it here. So, again, he, he, he was still very reluctant, and he went off to do it. So, Lord of the King, um, sorry, Jonah chapter 3, verses 1 through 2, the Bible says, Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. This time he listened, like I said. And the Ninevites were saved. They were saved. Moving along into Jonah chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, the Bible says, But to Jonah, this seemed very wrong, and he became angry. He prayed to the Lord. Isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? That is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, Lord, take my life away, for it is better for me to die than to live. Jonah is still showing that he has that woe is me mentality, that victim's mentality. He's telling God, see, I told you, I told you this was going to happen. And he's back in that depressed state where he just wants to die again. He's not seeing because he's blinded with his own sin and his own hate. He's not seeing, you know, he's failing to reach out and love as we've been commanded. He's not loving his neighbor. Instead, he has a very hateful, hardened heart. And because of that, he's not able to see what God used him to accomplish. He chose to remain an angry victim. And we see that a lot in today's world. People will get wound up over absolutely nothing. They treat each other like garbage. And then what happens? They play the role of the victim. They have no problem talking down to you or talking trash or trying to make you feel bad. But Lord help you if you even try to speak up for yourself. That's just adding fuel to the fire. And the whole time they're going to play the role like, oh, no, no, I'm the victim here. That's why I did what I did. Not the right thing. Not the right mentality. Which brings us to our next example. In this case, we see someone who has every reason in the world to develop that victim's mentality, to buy into it. But instead... He looks to God and keeps an attitude of godliness. In it. And that's Joseph. We, we talked about him not that long ago, if you recall. Joseph's life played out much like that song Tub Thumping back in the 90s. If you're not familiar with the lyrics, the chorus uh, said this, I get knocked down, but I get up again. 
You're never going to keep me down. All right? Does that sound familiar to anybody? Maybe, maybe not. Um, very much, this is a song about resilience and getting back in the fight. That no matter how hard you're going to get hit, you're going to get right back up. And we see exactly that when we look at Joseph. And he does it time and time again. We look at, you know, we looked at his life not that long ago. I'm sure you recall going all the way back to Genesis uh, chapter 37, going through, I believe it's 47. Uh, it took up a good section there. We talked about him quite a bit. Um, but to, to refresh your memory, Joseph, you know, he, he was a young kid. He was ridiculed. He was mocked by his brothers. He's made fun of. You know, he wasn't treated very well. Um, and then he, he he had this dream that, that uh, you know, God, God gave him this vision and a dream. And so he went and he shared it with his family. And because of it, his brothers plotted to kill him. Ultimately, they decided against it. You know, they didn't want to have that kind of blood on their hands. So instead, they sold him into slavery. And then at that point, you know, he's taken and those slavers, they sl- they sell him again. And ultimately, he becomes Potiphar's slave. Potiphar, of course, being a high-ranking, you know, uh, military official and everything. And so he's he's been at the bottom and he has to work his way up. And he does exactly that. You know, uh, you know, God, he he has favor in his life. God, God's blessed him, and he works his way up to a point where he's entrusted with absolutely everything Potiphar owns. Basically, his right hand man. And not only that, so he's he's successful, but he's also you know good looking, which leads to Potiphar's wife taking an eye to him. She liked him. She said, ooh, check that man out. So she she approaches him. She puts the moves on him, right? She she goes and she's like, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna make you mine. And he turns her away. Not only does that, but he does it in the most honorable way he can. He defends her husband, who's not even there at the time, and stay loyal to God. Well, you know, this this didn't happen just once. It happened again. And uh, it really ticked her off. She was pretty upset about it. Got very angry. So she, she uh, made up a story and she lied. She lied her keister off. And what happened? Well, he's knocked down again. Finds himself locked up in jail down hard this time right so he's locked up and yet what happens he gets back up and he works his way up again and he's entrusted with taking care of the jail he's back up and he's in the fight and the lord smiled on him knocked down but back up again he stayed the course he kept moving forward he didn't vi- develop a victim's mentality. Instead, he trusted in God. He trusted in the Lord. And because of it, the father smiled on him again. And he began to rise up again. Ultimately, he got out of jail because he was able to interpret the dream of the Pharaoh and everything. And he rises up and he becomes the Pharaoh's number one guy. Number one guy. Rise all the way to the top, even higher than Potiphar. 
And in the process, he didn't just save his own family, but his entire you know people, his nation, from starvation and destruction. Even in reuniting with his brothers, you know, he, he could have lashed out. He could have been, you know, a real, real son of a gun about it. But instead, he stayed humble and loved on them, as the Father has told us all to do. He stayed the course. He did what he was told to do. He kept taking that step, making that jab, you know, those jabs when he's told to jab, those uppercuts when he's told to uppercut, those ducks, those bobbing and weaving. He stayed in the fight. He stayed faithful to the Father. He showed what having a faithful mentality is capable of, which is so much more than what the world would tell you. There's a musician out there, uh, Angie Rose. She does uh, Christian hip-hop. She puts it this way. If today you are searching now that this very God named Jesus that took on the weight of sin and death so that we, we may be saved is still here for you. The undefeated champion that beat death in three rounds. Three rounds being three days. This same God is waiting for you with arms wide open. The same way that they were on the cross. But family, he's not waiting in shame or in pain. He is waiting in victory. A victory he longs to share with you. That's right. Three days. Three rounds. Is knocked down pretty hard. And he showed us what it is to get back up. He's provided us with the Holy Spirit to ensure that we're able to do the same. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. The Bible says, No temptation has overcome you. Excuse me. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Tempted here comes from the Greek. And the Greek meaning is testing and tested. And we are tested throughout our lives. The way out, that's the key piece of this. That's, that's, how, we, that's how we pass the test. It's not that we overcome it ourselves. We don't. That's what we, Jesus did that for us. But rather, it's when we struggle, when we're knocked down. Remember, we're not knocked out. Some people act like babies or pretend that they have been. But we're not knocked out. Instead, we have to refocus on Jesus. Let him overcome our battles. Remember, he's the one in control, not us, him. And trust in him to bring us through. Trust in him to overcome and bring us through. Remember, we got to keep our eyes on him. In the storm. When he says come to me. We focus on him and we go to him. 
So when we take our eyes off of him and we start focusing on the whirlwind around us, on the world, that we start to fall back into the water. You know, just talking about this, it reminds me of so many things in my life. And for time's sake, I won't dive into it. I, I could I could write a novel. You know, but things, you know, there's things to me that, that seem so simple. But for others, huge undertakings. You know, you, you see them in, in, you see the struggle. You know, I've, I've had my own, but, you know, I, I want to lift some people up. Some of, the, some of the things I've seen in my own life. You know, in boot camp, we had a guy in my platoon. He struggled with heights. He was scared to death of, of heights. I have never in my life up until that point or since then seen somebody so scared of heights. And the rope climbs, that, that was his kryptonite. He'd get halfway up, know where he was at, panic and freeze. One day, he was Almost to the top. We thought for sure this is going to be the day. He's going to kill this thing. He's going to do it. He's going all the way. Instead, he knows where he's at. He has a firm grip. And he looks down. Paralyzed in fear. As soon as he did that. He forgot what he was doing. What he needed to do. Instead, he started gripping this thing. For dear life. Keep in mind, we don't wear gloves when we do these things. And eventually, he was up there for so long, he started losing his strength. He lost enough of his grip that even though he was still trying to hold on, he wasn't gripping it with his feet the way he should, and he ended up sliding back down that rope. He lost a lot of skin from his hands in the process. It was very painful. It hurt for us to see, it hurt for us to hear, and it hurt him physically, mentally, spiritually. Knocked down, but not out. A couple weeks later, his hands were healing up. They were nice and taped up. This time, we'd seen him try to go up enough times. That even I, you know, myself included, all of us, we really wanted to see him do it, but did, what, did we think he was actually going to do it? We weren't holding our breath, no. So instead, he said a little prayer, got under his breath, and then he went up that rope like we had never seen him do before, like he had never done before. And this time, he conquered it. He got to the very top and he slapped that post for everything he was worth worked his way back down and every time after that he conquered it Jesus conquered it he said the little prayer he spoke to the father the father brought him through even later on going down going up and down the rappel tower afterwards was cake for this man now Going forward a little bit, going through the OC course, that's uh, oleoresin capsicum. That's uh, the active ingredient in pepper spray. So I'm talking about pepper spray here, not mace, totally different thing. Pepper spray, big difference. This is another place where I saw people struggle. Now, I'm not saying it was a walk in the park, far from it, far from it. It was not, it was not, a, not a great day for any of us. 
Okay, but seeing how some people reacted to being sprayed and still having to go through this obstacle course, in some ca- some cases, we'd have to pick them up and carry them from station to station because they were just so incapacitated. We had to work together to make sure everybody made their way through one way or another. But it puts things into perspective. A lot of times in life, we get knocked down, but we're not knocked out. Down, but not out. The Lord lifts us up as as we carry each other through faith. You know, there's, there's so many places in the Bible, you know, a big one when it comes to this kind of thing, people like to talk about Job. Job wasn't the only one. There's so many out there. Even Gideon. Gideon had been knocked down. He didn't believe it. He starts to get back up. What happens? He has people, you know, he has an army to command and it gets knocked down to 300. You know, Job who lost everything. It's like, you know, he's sitting there. He's on top of the world. He's he's a wealthy man. He's married. He has kids. And then what happens? Here comes somebody. Hey, sorry, your kids over here died. Oh, sorry, your kids. Over there. All of his kids were taken from him. His, his property was taken from him. You know, the devil did his absolute worst to try to take him out. Right? Ultimately, God blessed him. He got his back, right? The point the point here is sometimes life really sucks, you know? It beats us down. But it's all the better reason to stay in the fight. We should all be starting the day in a way. That when our feet hit the deck, the devil goes, oh, crud. Not this guy again. So you're going to get hit. I'm going to get, we're all going to get hit. Those hits are going to just keep on coming. Some of them are really going to hurt. Some are going to knock you down. But Jesus loves you. He has a plan for you. Trust in him and you're not just going to get through the struggles you're dealing with, but you're going to triumph in the face of the enemy. Marine Corps, we have a saying, pain is weakness leaving the body. And it's that reminder, the question isn't how much you can take, but how much more you can give. Just when you're ready to quit, when your mind says, I'm done, you have to tell it to push harder. You have to start ignoring what your body's telling you. And look for that inner strength. Look for the Holy Spirit in you. Reach down and find that intestinal fortitude to get that strength that just wasn't there before. And start pushing forward and hitting back. And that, that's when you discover... You no longer feel the pain. You no longer feel those things that were holding you back. You get that second wind. That second wind, when you're telling telling your body, you're telling yourself, like, hey, you're not done yet. Get back in there. And that comes when we get broken down. Why? Because that's when we start praying, hey, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Lord, help me. And eventually we get pushed to that point 
where that inner strength comes in because we're no longer operating on our own strength. We're no longer operating on the way we see things, the way we feel about things, the way we think about things. Instead, we're focused and we're pushing through. We're persevering because the Lord is carrying us through. You can do this. You've got this. There's going to be struggles in life. Anyone who says otherwise doesn't know what they're talking about. Sometimes you need to reach out and talk to someone. That's okay too. That's not weakness. That's strength. But underneath it all, make sure you're praying as well. Talk to the Father. Because He's the one who provides that strength to get you back in. Alright, that's what I got for you guys this week. Remember, you are blessed. Go and be a blessing. Go and be the church. I want to thank you for joining us today. If you have any questions, prayer requests, or would like to know more about our ministry, you can find us on our website at bethelightsanctuary.org or on Facebook at Be The Light Sanctuary. We'll catch you next time. God bless.